Hey, welcome back, agents, to another episode of Prime Tips. This time, we're going to be talking about scoring. I had uh, one of my viewers on YouTube ask me about it. He said it was AlexGT230. He said, could you do an episode on the scoreboard checkpoints cycles? I think that's something that can be fairly confusing for new players and haven't been able to find anyone with a decent video tutorial on it. As a new player myself, these videos have been super helpful, so thanks a bunch for making them. Hey, thank you, Alex, for watching. And yes, I, I do think that we probably need to talk about scoring. Uh, when I first saw that comment, I thought, oh, scoring's easy, you know. And then I started to look at it, I'm like, well, uh, there, uh, you know, there's a lot to scoring to figure out. The basic of scoring is pretty easy, but there's a lot of little details that make up the basics. And if you don't have the details and the small things that make it up, it could just be really confusing. So we're going to take the time to look at scoring, break it down, and see kind of how it works. I can't answer everything, but I think that we'll lay it out so we answer a lot of the questions. And, you know, being one of those players that's been around for, I don't know, six, seven years at least, uh, you just take it for granted, you know, that you understand how the scoring works. But I, I got to admit, it probably took me a while to figure it out. So let's start by going easy. Here's the basics. One of the things that makes it tough about scoring with ingress is that there's really two types of scoring going on at the same time. So you have the scoring for an agent, the player scoring the score that you generate by doing things in the game and you keep a score so you can compare your score to another agent's score and say, oh, I'm better than you or I've done more than you have and, and things like that. So that's one type of scoring. The other type of scoring is the faction scoring. Think of that more like a team scoring. So that's used for historical, who won what, um, and comparing how your faction, your team, is doing against the other team. So those two things are generated in totally different ways. Uh, they overlap a little bit, of course, but they are not the same thing. So the other thing that makes this a little crazy is they don't both happen at the same time. There's different reward windows or scoring windows, if you want to call them that. One is instant. You know, you get the score for that right away. And then the other one are timed measurements. And this is where a lot of confusion can probably come in. You mentioned the, the two things, cycle and checkpoint. And those are used in the timed measurements. And we'll take a look at those to kind of figure out how they work. But the basic is that there's a checkpoint every five hours, and they take a score at that time. And then there's a septicycle, or a cycle, every 35 checkpoints. And that's where they kind of take a historical score that they record. Uh, so some people look at, I won the checkpoint. A lot of people, team-wise, look at, we want to win the cycle, or how many cycles we've won. So that's some terminology that might be there. So when you're looking at the faction score that's what's on the scoreboard 
So if you're looking at, you know, how I as an agent, I'm not showing up on the scoreboard, that's because that's not the type of score that it's recording. It's recording the faction score. Now that score, even to make it more, is broken down into two things. Now it used to be it was only one thing. When it first started, Ingress only recorded a global score. And that was a score that was generated by all the enlightened players together and all the resistance players together. And it actually does an average of that. And then you can see how they compare. So as an individual player, it was possible, well, very improbable that you would ever have any effect on the global score. So they changed and they came down to a regional score. And we'll look at what, you know, how they determine what a region is. But a regional score is more of an area that you as an individual player can have an effect on, or you and your small team of people can have an effect on that regional score. If you're really good, you might have effect on the global score. Also, that factional score is used in special events. So uh, it might be for mine units that scored by a faction in a time window that's for this badge or for this event. Another really big place and really important for most players that that factional score is used is during an anomaly. So an anomaly, they may have events that they take score from a start and end, and that's where they're going to uh, determine this phase. Uh, they, they have all, all kinds of other things they do also during anomalies. It could be uh, making a link snake or uh, collecting uh, shards or something like that. But the factional score is, is where it's usually in. They usually don't see individual uh, agent stats or agent score reflecting anything on the anomaly. And, of course, in the medals. So some medals you may have be uh, generating a factional score um, to get that medal. So let's look at agent scores. So agent scores, they're the ones that you generate by the actions that you take, AP. Um, now, what does it affect? It affects your player abilities. So those things like your XM tank size, how much you can charge, uh, how much you can use in bursters, your area of influence, your score is used to generate the level, which in turn sets up your XM tank skies and your area of influence. So in respect, your agent score does give you that. Your use of gear, again, since it's based on your level, as you create more score, you go up in the level, you're able to use more gear. You can only use gear of your particular level. So if you're a level 7, you can use L7 gear, but you can't use the L8 gear yet. Uh, also things like flip cards. So if you have an Ada or a Jarvis, again, the level tells you how big your XM tank is. Your XM tank then has an effect on how much you can use in the flip card. And typically, that means you can flip something that's about one level above you, almost two, but not quite. Um, also, the agent score gets the levels that eventually get you into access to other services. So things like submitting missions. You have to be a level seven agent at this present time to do that. To be in Wayfair, to uh, you know, basically submit portals, 
for inclusion into the game, you got to be level 10 to do that. So there's all sorts of things that your agent score is going to affect. Um, it could be things like, you know, trying to move a shard. You know, well, you got to be a level four target portal before you can do that. And if you're a level one agent, I can't generate a level four portal because I got to have more score to do that. So that's that. And generally, the agent's players scores instantly. So as soon as you do something, as we'll see here in a minute, you get those points right away. The faction team scores, those are on a timetable. And that gets a little bit complicated so we'll, we'll leave that later but we'll say basically uh with faction team scores for the most part for the faction uh you're not going to see those points right away unless you time it exactly right so let's look at players so what are the ap scores that you can get ap standing for action points if you're an old D player that's very it's very similar to ep experience points you get points for performing certain actions and here's a lot of the actions that you can do um, and some tips is some things you might want to consider you get points for deploying resonators now if you happen to put on the first resonator of a portal that has no resonators you're going to make 800 ap so anytime you put on a uh, resonator onto a portal that's not upgrading putting it on uh, you get 125 points but if it's the first one on that particular portal and nobody else has put one on there yet you get 625 bonus so you make 800 resonators two through seven 125 each if you happen to be dropping on the last resonator you're going to make 375 ap 125 ap plus 250 bonus so with that in mind, if you're looking at generating score for your agent, for your player, and you want to run it up kind of quicker, if you have an area that there's a lot of ghosted portals or unclaimed portals, go through there and just drop one resonator apiece. That's 800 a pop. It's, it's going to cost you more per resonator and points that you get back in AP to fully deploy it. Now, there's good reasons to fully deploy things. Uh, again, there's badges, things like that. But if you're just looking for quick AP points and you've got a lot of ghosted portals, drop one and run. Uh, you can also think about dropping on a mod. That's 50 AP a pop there. Um, so links, uh, 313 AP when you make the link. And again, you have to have a fully deployed resonator. A fully deployed portal on both ends. You have to have the key. You make the link, you'll get 313. Now, if you make a field, you're going to get, it says, 1250 AP. But actually, you should pull in at least 1563 AP. Now, why, why is that? Well, to make the field, you have to make a link. So you're getting 313 for the link, 1250 for the field, 1563. But it could be more because you might be splitting a field. So you might be doubling that. So the more fields that you make on each link, you're going to get more of that stuff. You can upgrade other agents' resonators. So you, can't, you can upgrade yours, but you won't get AP for it. 
But if you upgrade another agent's resonator, they'll give you 65 AP. Uh, messed up there, deploy mod. Let's recharge. Now, recharge was set at uh, 65 during the time of COVID, but they have now taken it back down to the 10 AP. So it's 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 AP, but it's not quick AP. Hack into any portal, get 100 AP there. Of course, it could attack you, so you know, a little danger involved, but I think you'll survive. And then there's the whole destroying things. You do get AP for starting to fight. So if you take out a resonator, 75 AP. Take out a link, 187 AP. Destroy a field. Now, I'm going to say 1,124 AP. Even though it's going to tell you it's 750 AP to take out the field, you're going to have to take out a portal that has or two links. Well, I guess you could only drop one link. Uh, but if you, let's say if you drop two links and the field, there's your 1,124. So it would be right about 900 or so if you took one link and took it out. Again, it just depends. But you're going to get more than just the 750 because you have to drop the link to drop the field. Um, remove ownership. So what that means is if you basically you kill off a portal and you have transferred the ownership of that portal from that faction to neutral, that's 1,750 AP. Now, you might be thinking about a virus because a virus does remove ownership of the portal by destroying, but you're not destroying the enemy portal. So you're really getting the 1750 for destroying the enemy portal. If you use a flip card, you don't get any AP. So you could be uh, taking out the best, you know, created portal with all kinds of shields and all kinds of links and all kinds of fields. Do it with a virus, nothing. Do it as a fight, you're going to get all kinds of AP out of it. So those viruses are good for certain things, but not for generating AP. There's just really not anything there. So how much do you get for taking out a portal if you're doing the destroy? Well, you can figure it out. Um, but if you have IITC, it will tell you. So in this particular example, looking at this portal, it tells me that the AP gain for taking out this portal is 15,842. Again, it says that because I'm looking at it as an enlight as a resistance agent. I'm taking out an enlightened portal. So that's the gain I would get. Now, how do I come up with all of that? Well, it would be each resonator. So there's eight of those, 75 points for taking out the resonator. You get 16 links. It's 187 for taking out the links. That's 29.92. There was 14 fields that were held there. 750 a pop. That's 10,000 AP. And then, of course, I would kill the enemy portal. 1750. There's my total of 15,842. So you could do all that math, but... I wouldn't suggest it. The, the basic way to figure it is if it's got a lot of links 
and a lot of fields, it's worth a lot of AP. Uh, so if you're taking out, you know, a portal that has eight resonators, but no fields or no links or no nothing like that, uh, you're looking at 600 AP. If there's one right next to it that has a bunch of links and stuff, that's the one to go. Again, it's probably going to be more difficult to do. And that's why they do it that way. So that's generating it straight out. But you can get more out of your AP with AP multipliers. A couple of different ways that you can generate that AP double, even four times. One of the best is if you happen to be able to be in the field and doing things during a double XAP event. It's got double XP, it should be double AP event. So during a double AP event, um, everything you do to generate AP is doubled. So you don't have to worry about timing or anything like that. The other thing that you can do is use an Apex mod. So an Apex mod is fairly new. What an Apex mod does is during the time that that mod is running, it's going to double your AP, just like a, a double AP event. Now, these mods are not stackable, but they are queuable. Now, what that means is the mod itself runs 30 minutes. If you put two out there, you don't get four times AP. You get one hour. So you queue them up one wide after the other. And the, I think that the maximum on that queue is four. So you could set off four APs, or I'm sorry, apexes at a, at a certain time period, and you get two hours of double AP, okay, which happens to be the time window of a first Saturday. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that's kind of why they did that. So the real way to make the most out of it is apex during double AP. In that case, you will get 4x because an apex doubles what you're scoring and the double AP event doubles first. So you will get to 4. So that's the time that you can really generate the score. If you're going to be doing an AP generator, that would be the thing to run during that event. If nothing else, at least run the apex. Uh, typically, you want to run that apex any time that you know that you're going to be generating a lot of AP. So if you're going into you're going into a battle and you know that you're going to be taking down lots of portals with lots of links and fields, throw out an apex. If you're going to be doing a lot of deploys and, and a lot of links and things like that, throw out an apex. Um, don't throw out an apex if you're just you know walking down a, a trail and you're you know dropping one resonator per. It, it's probably not worth it that time. The other way that you can get the AP is just being consistent. The daily hack streak bonus is fairly new. So on the daily hack, you get an AP bonus every day that you hack in the streak. So the very first day that you that you hack, you're going to get 500 AP. Also, you, it doubles the items that you have. So the next day, 500 AP. So the first six days, you get 500 AP. 
On the seventh day, you get 1,000 AP. So it's not big AP, but it's AP. So And it's something that you can, you're can you probably going to be doing anyway. Uh, but try not to skip a day. I mean, you skip a day, you, you lose 500 AP. Glyph hacking is also a great way to make AP. Now, the problem with glyph hacking is that it's a variable. I can't really tell you how much you're going to get. It depends more on the number of glyphs that you have in the glyph hack, how many of those you get correct, the time that you take to do that. So the basic idea is the more glyphs that you get correct in the shorter amount of time, the more AP that you're going to get for that glyph hack. So those are ways that you can get a bunch of that. Um, Let's go on and look at the factions. So faction scoring. When you look at faction scoring, it's based on fielding and mind units. So again, we have to a couple of terms we got to throw out there that you have to remember. Mind units are determined by the area covered by a field, the population under that field, and here's the important thing. Here's where these terms checkpoint come into into uh, play. It has to be standing at checkpoint. So it doesn't matter how great a field and how big a field you have. If it's not established and standing when checkpoint comes around, it's not going to score. It's only scored once during each checkpoint. That's why most times whenever you have players that are doing large ops or you know, even if I'm trying just to, to run up uh, my status in the regional scores, I want to make sure that I get things close to checkpoint before the opposing side can take it down. So that's why checkpoint is so uh, important. And historical scores are recorded at each septa cycle, so each cycle. So when you look at historical scores, as we will here in a minute, um, it's that septa cycle that, that determines when they take that. So again, just to make it a little more crazy, um, they do break down those scorings into two divisions, a regional score and a global score. So uh, regional score is an S2 cell that's size six. We really don't want, you know, that's nuts to get into what that is. But basically it's just an area that, that you have that you play in and that's where they take the score and it's not a cumulative score it's more of a average of the previous scores so if you have one large score at a checkpoint it is going to bring up the score but it's if it drops off the next one it's not going to continue to grease up that score I want to get into that too much, but so, but ingress time, we, we said that, you know, the time is real important as to when you do these things. And let's take a look at those a little bit. So checkpoint is once every five hours. Pretty simple. 35 checkpoints will make one septa cycle. So when you look at the score and you see the little boxes that go across, there's 35 of those little score little boxes because that 
bar represents one septa cycle made up of 35 checkpoints. Roughly, well, not roughly, uh, that means there's 175 hours in each septa cycles. That means it's one week plus seven hours. So roughly about a week is each septa cycle. Now, the the calendar, you, you know, you look at the yearly calendar, it doesn't work out exactly like the Gregorian calendar. And weekly, it doesn't work out. So the reason that uh, that is is because they don't go by that. They go by the five-hour increments. So 50 septicycles make one year. So when you look at a number, and, and this might be the number that you've been seeing on the score, and you're like, what does that number represent? That number is the septicycle. And point what part of the septicycle. So 22.01 would have been the very first septicycle the year of 22, 2022. It would have been in January. Septicycle 2022.50 is going to be in December. That's the last one. Now, it's pretty close to the Gregorian calendar. A septicycle year is 8,750 hours. A calendar year is 8,760. I don't know if there's they have some sort of correctional leap year or thing to, to correct that, but it's it's pretty close. But <coughs> excuse me, since that's not exact, what that means is you can't rely upon. Hey, at two o'clock every Saturday is a checkpoint, Mm-mm. because it, it it differs a little bit, and we'll look at a way that you can kind of see where that differs and how you can look at that. Uh, the clock time. When they give hours, they usually use UTC, Universal Time Coordinated. It's pretty much the same thing as Greenwich Mean Time, GMT, uh, because, again, we're talking about a global gang game. So if we're starting something for everyone across the globe, we can't say 9 o'clock on Monday because 9 o'clock on Monday is a different time for everybody across the world. So most of the time they're going to say, 9 o'clock UTC, and then you have to do the conversion to figure out what's what. Um, Let's see what else I got here. Okay, so what time is it? Uh, Because they have this crazy time system. Um, They do have a website, uh, and I don't know if this – I don't think this is is, – Actually, an ingress website, maybe it is. I don't think it's Nyanic. But septicycles.es is a website. And when you go to there, it will tell you what septicycle are we in and when are the checkpoints. And it could show you the past checkpoints, but it thinks that most importantly is the future checkpoints. So at the time that I looked at this, it was cycle 2022.26, and the next checkpoint was going to be at 11 p.m. on the 5th of July. Follow that by the next one after that, 4 a.m. on the 6th. And you see it's every five hours. Again, you can look at that at local time because it's a computer and it can figure out what your local time for UTC is. Or you can look at UTC, which is handy if you're dealing with agents around the world. Instead of you having to do the math and all that, it will figure all of that out for you. So, I know that's a lot. 
So where can you check the score? Now, again, if you're checking your agent score, you just you look at your agent stats and it's in there. Um, and it will tell you how many points you have, action points that you need, and how many action points you need to have to get to the next level. And also, uh, that's not when you get at a certain level, then you have to start dealing with medals. But that if you're looking at the, the, the player score, that's where you want to look at it. Um, we'll talk later about levels and things like that. I don't know if I'll do that, have time to do that in this one or not. But where do you check the scores, the faction scores? Because honestly, most players, when they talk of score, they think of the faction score. So you can look at it in the scanner, or you can look at it in the Intel map. So this is just a, a little clip of the uh, basic Intel map, and then there's just a little thing that says regional score. You click on it, and it'll pull down, and it will tell you what the global score is at the top. So at this time, it was resistance winning, uh, 1,146,000,000 to the uh, enlightened 895 million plus or minus so and then they give you they give you a uh, little bar chart of the regional score so when you get down below that then you have am02 juliet 09 so that is the particular region that i was in on the map at that time so in that region the resistance was winning 193.253 to Enlightens 553. And then you notice that it has the checkpoints. So checkpoint 5, checkpoint 6, checkpoint 7. And you'll notice that it didn't go up much for uh, the resistance. It didn't change hardly at all for the Enlightened. And, that, and that's fairly common. So when you have somebody that does something like they, they throw out a big bath or something like that, you'll see this big jump on a checkpoint. Uh, the top three agents, it'll show you who the top three agents in that region are. Again, that's not based on the agent's score or the agent's level. That's based on the top three agents that have scored MU, faction score, in that region during this septa cycle. So that can be kind of confusing because top three agents figure who who are the big boys. It, it's possible, I wouldn't say probable, but it's possible that a top agent at one time could be like a level two agent. Uh, if he happened to be the person or she had to be the person that threw out a bunch of fields and you know closed up a, a bath, they could be top agents. So that comes and goes, and it tells you how when the next checkpoint is. So that's one place that you can see it. You can also take a look at it in the scanner. Okay, so we're going to look at looking at score on the scanner. Simple to get to. Hit the button in the middle and go to scores. Now it will open up in regional score. So you'll notice that there's a uh, rectangle on the map. And that map is pretty close to where I'm at or where you would be at. So that tells you what region you are in. I am in AMO2 Juliet 09. It also gives you the septa cycle. So that's year 2022.26, which means we're just a little bit halfway through, a little past halfway through the year. And live means that it's the live score, which it won't be for you at that time. And then you have the two bars that indicate 
at this time what is the score in that region. So uh, 553 for the Enlightened, 193k for the Resistance, where they seem to be winning there. And then the top three agents that scored the most. And uh, so Mike has the most, I'm second, Danger Boy has third. And you can click to see more, and if there are more uh, agents that scored in the region during this particular SEPTA cycle, uh, they would be listed there. But since since we don't have any more than three, we're only seeing three. Down at the bottom, you can see the checkpoints. And again, checkpoint happens every five hours. So there will be 35 of those dots that go all the way across for a SEPTA cycle. So it's telling me right now that the next checkpoint is going to happen in two hours and 19 minutes. And at the cycle, there's 127, 19 hours, 7, 6 seconds left. So it gives you the countdown. So that gives you an idea of the score. You don't have, again, the score of the individual agents, but we're looking at the faction score. Now, if I want to look at the global score, I can tap global. And again, that now gives me the global score at this particular time. So Enlightened, 895 million. Resistance, 1,146 million. So the Resistance are leading at this particular time. And then again, you have the checkpoint and the cycle information. Now there is also a history button. And that usually will work. Uh, let's give it a click. So it gives me an idea of what are the global stats from previous SEPTA cycles. Remember, each cycle is whenever they record historically the scores. So it looks like the last cycle was won by the Enlightened. Uh, Enlightened won a bunch of them, so it's been a while, and I could scan up, and it looks like it was 17, 22-17, when we just, the Resistance just barely won one. And then you can tap to load more. Now, unable to view temporary limit reached, you'll see that a lot of times. Um, that doesn't mean that you can't ever see it, it just means you'll have to wait and try again later, but it it is kind of a pain to do that. I can go back to regional and I'll try the history there and again unable to view temporary limit reached. Um, if it let me if it did work I could see who had the number of points or who was the top agent um, historically and back. So you can also look at other cells. So I can click other cells and let's take a look at AMO1, Juliet 5. And that looks like that is an enlightened win in that area. And if I see more, then I can see there's a lot more enlightened agents. There's eight enlightened agents that have scored so far, uh, up to the five of the resistance agents that have scored so far. So that way you can kind of see who's scoring and who's doing what. Um, history, I'm not going to be able to get that. So again, you just kind of keep trying that. If you want to go back to your cell that you're in, the trick is to kind of go to global and then back, and it will put you back in your original one. So that's how you can look at the score on the scanner. So, yeah, the score on the scanner is has got a lot of information that you can uh, look at, and it's, it's very helpful. Uh, one thing that I didn't really explain, and, and it's kind of hard to explain, is how do you know that regional score so in this instance where we have resistance 193 253 how do you come up with that number 
Well, that number is an average of the checkpoints. So it's you notice that it doesn't say 186, 226. It's, it's more than that, um, which tells me that previously, probably in checkpoint two or three, there was a lot more in that particular checkpoint. Um, what that means is, as you're looking at, are we going to win the cycle? You can't come in at checkpoint 35 and have just enough to get more than the Enlightens, in this case 553, and get over the top. That's not going to do it. You have to do it a couple different ways. You either have to have a very large score uh, in that last checkpoint in the cycle that's going to skew up that average and give you the win, or... Another thing that people will do is get a very large score at the beginning of the check uh, the cycle, and that gives you a high average to start with, and then you just have to kind of maintain it. That gives the other uh, faction a chance to build up their score and to get over the top. So when you're looking at uh, regional scores at the end of the cycle, uh, a lot of times you're looking at not only now do I have to hit checkpoint, I want to try to make sure that I hit the last checkpoint or close to the last checkpoint that tips the score for that septicycle. And that way my faction is going to win that particular cycle. Whew! That's a lot of stuff about scoring. And I don't think I answered everything. Um, because I don't know that I know everything. But the basic idea is, if you're looking for scores, you've got two places to look. You can look at a score for the agent, and that is your levels, and then that is your apples to apples if you're comparing agent to agent. But if you're looking for the team, then you're looking at regional score and global scores, and that's a whole different thing. So, I hope that uh, we'll get to see you in the field sometime soon, Agent. And maybe you can outscore me. So long. You want to keep Prime Tips coming your way? Then consider becoming a Prime Tips supporter. For as little as a buck a month, you can support Prime Tips as we give you new ways to enjoy Ingress and your Ingress Prime Scanner. So throw us a buck or two. We can use it for important things like gas, food, frackers, and most importantly, creating Prime Tips, podcasts, and videos. That's right, I said videos. Every Prime Tip audio podcast has a Prime Tips video to go with it because, you know, sometimes it's just easier to see something done instead of hearing how something's done. So, become a Prime Tips supporter. Visit bit.ly slash Prime Tips support. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash capital P-R-I-M-E capital T-I-P-S capital S-U-P-P-O-R-T. And to watch our videos, go to bit.ly slash Prime Tips Video. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash capital P-R-I-M-E capital T-I-P-S capital V-I-D-E-O. Check the show notes for these and other Prime Tips links. Thanks.